funny my name is jamie merrill and i will be your guide on this journey today for those of you who don't know a bit of funny is an improvised family-friendly podcast where at the sound of the we tell stories completely off the top of our heads now for today we're doing something a little special we're doing something called an our town that means for this we've gotten the name of the town and we decided on characters that live in this town but outside of that nothing else has been planned for this episode so before we get started i would like for you to meet all of our predetermined characters hello um m- my name is clarence mclean um and and I'm staying in this town. I've been here for some time, and I'm looking for that bronze gold, also known as bronze. Welcome, everyone. My name is Davian Crimble, town undertaker. Here in the uh, town of Tumbleweed, we have a lot of people blowing in. Not so many blowing out. So, should you find yourself six feet under, you can call me. I will be playing Monica Trusby. My husband just died, and I am in need of an undertaker. I will be uh, playing Louis Darkberry. I'm a bit of a voodoo doctor, as well as a normal doctor. My name is Maisel Maplewood, and I am this here town's saloon proprietor, because a town isn't a town without a saloon or its proprietor. Now, the name of this town that all these fun characters live in is a town called Tumbleweed. And we're going to start our story. The town of Tumbleweed is a small town. Very few people live there. Lots of people passing through, though. Not so many people passing out. Rumors have been flying everywhere about these mysterious disappearance and their relation to a certain undertaker. But our scene doesn't start there. It starts... In the the six-cylinder saloon. Well, I say. (sighs) Morning, Miss Maisel. Uh, You have a long face today, Clarence. You say that every morning, Miss Maplewood. That's why I don't like it when you cut me off. Uh, You know what I'm going to say, but you still have to hear it. I I try to stop you, but there's no stopping Miss Maplewood. Mm -mm. You know, one of these days... I'm going to find that brown gold. It's out there in them hills. I've dug a lot of them hills. And I've destroyed a lot of the hills too. Tumbleweed will know less hills with me around. You know I'm rooting for you. Hey, Prospector Boy, if you want some brown gold, there's a latrine out back. <laughs> you got him, Tommy. Oh, you can put a sweaty sock in it, Tommy. Well, don't listen to them, Clarence. I believe in you. Thank you, Miss Maplewood. It's hard being a settler out in these parts. You know what? I'm from a civilized land. I come from a place where electricity is all around the city. They got fancy little lights looking like little stars. Oh, you think that's catching on? I don't think so. I like things the way they are. I don't like change. I don't think anyone in Tubbleweed likes change. Maybe except you, since you've come here. Well, just you wait. Once I find that bronze, the whole world's gonna change. Suddenly, the saloon doors flap open. (laughs) 
Well, howdy. And a very dark-looking man enters through the front door, yielding tools not known to the normal doctor. Sorry, pardon me. That door is a bit more, uh, swingy than I'm used to. Uh, yeah, Miss Maplewood, I gotta get out of here. Doc here is giving me the creeps, so I'm just gonna jump out. Well, again, good luck- You can put anything on my tab. That's what I'm saying. Good luck to you finding the bronze because you have such a large tab. And then he came in and now you're leaving. Anyway, that wouldn't be little Louie, would it be? Yeah, that's me. All grown up, all grown up. I've come out of my uh, abode. Well, I haven't seen you since you were knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah, I haven't drank in quite a while, but uh, work's been not very kind. Well, you can have the first two sarsaparillas on the house. (sighs) I think I'd appreciate that, yeah. Miss Maplewood slides two sarsaparillas effortlessly across the bar. You know what this town needs? It needs more doctors. (laughs) We cut to the home of... Davy Crimble, the Undertaker, his home slash office, where Miss Monica Trusby shows up all in black, mascara running down her face, still heartstrucken by the recent loss of her husband, Lincoln. Why, Miss Trusby? I have to say, I'm saddened to see you have to use my services. As am I. If that no-good-fool doctor had been worth anything that he carried around in that bag of his, I may not have needed you for another few years. I hope you'll be able to give my Lincoln the services he was worth in life. Lincoln was good people. Sure, he may have put a, uh, a bullet in a few of them, and he never put it in someone who didn't deserve it. I've gotten everything prepped. See here, uh, deluxe treatment on the house. That's awfully kind. Once the banks come through with some of the warrants that he picked up, I'm, I promise you I can pay you back in full. If you feel that that's necessary, I won't stop you. But you wait until you have your own self situated. We Truesbees make good on our debts. That I promise you. I heard Lincoln say that quite a few times. Usually had a gun in his hand. He was a good friend. I like to remember the good times. I will spend time on the good times once all of my debts are cleared. Uh, is anyone in there? Uh, excuse me for a minute. Yes. Sorry, there was a body in where I was digging, and I just figured I'd bring it out. They keep trying to use my holes as graves, and I'm pretty offended by that. So I, I just brought him over here. Here's another one for you. You have a good day. Kapoof. Honestly, it's a miracle no one's put a bullet in that McLean going around digging up secrets that should have stayed buried in his full pursuit of bronze. Yeah, the Smiths won't like that their uh, their boy's been dug up again. I'll get him prepped again. Excuse me while I go take care of that. Of course. I appreciate your time. Davy and Crimble exits the room in his long, graceful steps. As he leaves and closes the door behind him, Monica notices a little flash of something. 
Something that she's never noticed before. Seems like Lincoln has something shiny on him. What in the world? She gets closer to the pocket in his vest and notices ever so slightly a mysterious looking bronze coin just peeking out a little bit. Lincoln, where did you find this? That's Roman in design? Right then, Davy and Crimble returns. Monica quickly takes the coin and hides it behind her. I should probably be getting out of your hair then, Davian. Well, it's no trouble to me. You can come by as often as you want. Uh, just let me know when you got the services planned and I can put them in the ground just as well as anyone else. Uh, of course. Thank you. We cut to the home of Maisel Maplewood for the first time in a long time. She's home alone. Now, I've just got so much work to do around the house all by myself. I never get a time by myself. And Now, look, I'm talking to myself. This is, this is a bit much. I'm going to keep quiet and focus on self-care. She opens up the medicine cabinet in her bathroom to discover something she did not put there. Oh, heavens to Betsy. I must be working too many hours at my saloon. At the six-cylinder, I'm starting to see things. Let me check that one more time. (gasps) I don't think my eyes are deceiving me. That looks like a severed body part, a finger of a human being. Oh, no. Oh, have mercy on me. Right then, things in her living room start to tip over, making clash and clattering sounds. Oh, no. And then the front door slams. Oh, no. Something's going on. Either it's a big one or or there's a haunting going on. I don't know. Oh. I'm going to run over somewhere and call upon someone to help me. Clarence McCain miraculously and mysteriously makes it all the way across town. Bursts open the doors on the cries of Miss Maplewood. Ah! I had an itching in my pits, and I knew that I knew there was something wrong happening. Ah! Oh! Miss Maisel! Mr. McLean! Are you alright? I don't think so. I just was plumb tuckered out from seven days working in a row, finally had a moment to myself, and wouldn't you know it? The whole house started shaking, not to mention a severed finger in my medicine cabinet. Oh, Miss... Miss Maple. You're not imagining things, right? Well, uh, that's a question I'm asking myself, too. It's not a stupid question. Usually I think your questions are dumb. (laughs) But I also thought I might be hallucinating, so go ahead and open my medicine cabinet and be a witness to this. Mm, All right, Miss Maple... Is there a reason you're keeping a finger in the medicine cabinet? (laughs) That's what I'm trying to... I'm not judging. No, I'm trying to tell you I didn't put it in there. Okay, well... Well, goodness, Clarence. We'll we'll move forward with that knowledge. Well, geez, Louise, it's like talking to myself in the mirror, only I think my reflection is smarter than you. Well, I hate to recommend anything involving the doctor. Oh, no. He's had such a bad track record, though. He's the only person that knows what fingerprints look like. What? What? Wait, you don't want, you're not referring me to go visit the doctor as a patient. You're saying the doctor might have done this? Little Louie? Uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, no, I, I don't, 
Louis. Well, he's weird. He'd probably cut off someone's finger and keep it. I wouldn't put it past him. He's into all that voodoo, you know. Oh. Fact of the matter is, he can probably find who this belongs to. Well, okay. We might have two different motivations to call upon Louie at this time. You might be more suspicious of him, and I might trust him a little bit more because I've known him ever since he was born and whatnot. Well, I've only known him the few months I've been here, but... It's always rubbed me the wrong way. Well, then be a gentleman and escort me down to his place of work. We gotta hurry before the high noon shootout. Oh my goodness, is it almost getting to be high noon shootout? You yellow-bellied coward! Get out here and fight me like a man! All right, just duck and weave, Miss Maisel. (laughs) Duck and weave. They don't pay me enough to have a saloon in this town. After several duckings and weavings, they arrive to the cartoonishly dark doorstep of Louis Darkberry. Well, well, well. Look who it is. <sighs> Give me the chills, Doc. It's the gold digger. Bronze. And the barkeep. Yeah, don't forget I gave you those two sarsaparillas on the house. And for that I am very grateful. Mind the snakes. They don't bite, usually. Louis, behave. I have done nothing wrong, my friend. Well, there's rumors going around that... You've done nothing right. Clarence McCain puts down the severed finger on the coffee table with a glove hand. Can you do some of your dark wizardry and uh, tell us who this belongs to? Hmm. Quite the uh, morbid trinket you've got here. Let me tell you what. You give me a little something in return. Well, you already got two sarsaparillas this morning. That's more than I got. Well, some things money can't buy. Happiness, love, admiration, fame. These are a list of things that you can't buy with money. Am I getting warmer? Uh, forgive me. Perhaps I've misled you. Forgiveness! Something that was stolen from me. A rare coin. Oh, Clarence, have you seen any rare coins in your digs? Uh, It was bronze, and it was an artifact that's been in my family for a very long time. Bronze, you say? It got stolen about uh, three months ago. Seems to line up with the time that Clarence McLean walked into town, starting... His digging and his mission to find all the bronze this town may have. I don't trust gold diggers. <laughs> bronze. What do you say, Clarence? All right, I'll do your dirty work. I'll help you find it, Doc. Just tell us who this finger belongs to. Yeah, finger knowledge now. Your reward later. Very well. I recognize this finger. He was a gold digger. Just like you, Clarence. I have nothing in common with the man. Blow up the mountain nearby. He got into a bit of an accident involving some dynamite. (gasps) 
he died a while later. Wait, so he was blown up, <laughs> and then he died much later. That's correct. I might, I might be not giving you enough credit, Doc, for keeping someone alive that long. This is a deeper story than we could have thought. We cut to the Truesbury house. It's very fine, as they were one of the more wealthy families in the city. Monica is sitting in her special chair, fiddling with the bronze coin in her fingers. Over and over she turns it. <coughs> the rocking chair rocks. Oh, Lincoln, what were you up to? I thought I knew everything in your affairs. But this coin, I don't make no sense. Suddenly struck with an idea, Monica races to a box kept only on the very top shelf of the closet. She pulls it down. It's a container full of Lincoln's old belongings and out opens a book. It's mostly illustrations, maybe a journal. Until suddenly she finds an exact replica of the coin in the book. Pinnacle for witchcraft? Surely not. That's... Okay, anchor for spirits, soul binds, good heavens. We cut to Clarence McCain and Miss Maplewood on the hunt for bronze coin. I reckon that you've been digging all day. We're going to find bronze. Car, car! That's what my plan is, to do what I've been doing this whole time. I tricked the duck. <laughs> oh, well... I just don't think that's right. We told Louie that we would be helping him find what he needs, and if we don't do that, we're no better than the person who spooked me in my house. As they walk through town, the people are noticeably grumpier as the saloon has been closed for longer than normal. This is the fifth time this month I've had to rebury my brother, <laughs> and now I can't even get to the saloon? It just ain't right, you know? How am I supposed to maintain my schedule if people are constantly changing theirs? I am dependent on this saloon as part of my morning routine. Well, what am I supposed to do? Not <laughs> not use dynamite while drunk? <laughs> hey, ain't that Maplewood? Clarence, I, I can see my saloon from this vantage point, and it looks like people are clamoring to get in. I really just don't know if this is uh, the proper thing I should be doing, mucking about in the same areas that you've been digging. Trust me. This town doesn't like change. They don't like it when I change my schedule, and I don't know if I like this change. Just trust me. It's all about patience. If we keep mining in four to three years, we will find what we are looking for. Oh, for Pete's sake and heavens to Betsy, I'm going back to my saloon, the six-cylinder. I'm going to serve my customers, and you better find that coin. Will you pay off most of my tab? Yes, I suppose I will front you your whole tab. Hot dog, I'm on it. Miss <laughs> Maplewood, Miss Maplewood. Yes. Hey, I, I apologize for my state of distress. I, I, I was looking for that 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 bronze miner, McLean. No, 
don't don't look for him right now. He's very tied up, very busy. I will act as his secretary. Whatever you can say to him, what? you should say to me. Do you have a coin? Uh, stop touching me. Do you have a coin? I had some questions about the particulars of, of bronze and the provenance thereof of some that might be in this region. Uh, unless you happen to be a professional in that area, I don't see how you'd be of much help. Oh, dagnabbit. You know... The one thing I did learn from Mr. McLean was to be patient. So, Miss Monica, if you're patient, maybe the answer will come to you. I know he knows a lot about these things. I I understand that patience is a virtue, but in this instance, I I think haste would be more expedient. Uh, Please. Miss Truesby, I don't know, Widow Truesby. If we should be mucking around in this business... Miss Maplewood, if you could just direct me to Mr. McLean. All right. Now, from the vantage point of my here saloon, if you look due west, you'll see him running around trying to find stuff. Do you have a cord? No. Do you have a cord? I wish. You want a finger? What? Thank you, Miss Maplewood. Uh, and not to tell you how to conduct your business, but I think you might better open this saloon before you have a riot on your hands. I can't live in this town sober! We cut to the dirty underbelly of the city. Seems like nobody comes to this part of town except for those fiddling with darkness. Two tall, graceful, mysterious figures seem to be lurking in the shadows. Uh, Mr. Crimble, the soul-binding spell I put on that coin will only last a few more days. Please tell me you know where it got lost to. I planted it on Lincoln's body. It's gotta be somewhere in your office, surely. It was on the corpse like you told me. Listen, we need our lawman back. This town ain't gonna survive without the iron fist of the law, and Lincoln's the best we ever had. Everyone's been dropping like flies, and we need the hard fist of the law to take control again. Even if we have to take his body and forcibly jam a devil from H-E double voodoo sticks in there, We will get this. We will make sure it is done. I've turned the morgue upside down looking for this. And if we can't find that coin before the full moon, this is going to go real poorly for us. The only two people who have been in the morgue are uh, Clarence and Monica. Now, I can't imagine Monica would steal something from me, but Clarence, on the other hand, he's a... He's a... He's a gold digger. He's always talking about change and bronze. Maybe he took the coin. Should I send my snakes after him? If he were to get bitten by a rattler, I don't think anyone would look too hard at it. All right. We have enough actual murders in town to make people not suspicious of an accident. Bonnie, Clyde, you know what to do. We cut to 
uh, what once was a hill as Clarence has run out of people to ask for coins, but he's finding that his bronze-sniffing nose is going off. There's definitely something going on right here. Well, I'm at the blowed-up hill. May he rest in pieces. My, my bronze senses going off something fierce. I just he, need to do a little digging before, before I really go searching for that coin. He shovels. And he shovels until there's a very metallic thud. Ho oh, ho. There's only one, one metal I know that grows in the earth that makes that ding noise when your iron shovel hits up against it. Clarence quickly brushes away the dirt to reveal the name engraved into a bronze something. The name is... T. McLean. T. McLean. T. McLean. Like Daddy T. McLean. Like Big T. McLean that my daddy always talked about and said was the biggest brown noser that ever existed. With a little more digging and pushing, the metallic thing begins to take more shape. It is a bronze chest. Big T. McLean really, really had good taste. Oh, this is some supple craftsmanship. Ooh. A casket made out of bronze. He takes his shovel and busts open the lock. Yep. Bronze just breaks just like that. Big T. McLean. Oh, it's so good to look at your rotten face. Glorious bronze attire. Nice bronze necklace. I, I found bronze. I found bronze. Clarence McLean. <laughs> Hello, out there. Oh, is, is that? Oh, Monica, Miss Monica. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're just talking to the most successful bronze finder this side of the town. The other side is right next to me. It's my dead, dead grandpa. I'm sure because we have so many to choose from. <sighs> Yep. Mr. McLean, I I insist on needing to speak to you. He suddenly catches a whiff of some new bronze. Oh, wait, just one one moment. I'll be right with you, Monica. It, Excuse me? I, I've got it. There's a scent on the wind. It's coming. It's coming straight from you, actually. You, just hold still for a second. Excuse mm. me, sir. My husband is not dead in the ground yet. <laughs> sorry, I get when the scent hits. You just, I'm sorry. I'll I'll try to contain myself. You wouldn't happen to have a inordinate amount of bronze as um more than usual on you? Inordinate? No. Oh, so like a regular amount of bronze you usually carry on you. I came to inquire about certain items that I think you might have been leaving around town. Uh, yeah. If I leave stuff around town, it's mine. So, go ahead and give it to me. The bronze coin that you left with my husband. Uh, might I see this bronze coin? All right. I can smell it on you. I know you've got it. I know you lied to me. No, I I confess to having it. What are you to- Fine. It's okay. I forgive you. 
Here is the coin. Do not touch it. Ooh, I don't need to touch that one. Ooh. Uh, this coin, it looks like uh, it's inscribed in such a way. I've never seen this kind of bronze marking before. Seems near ritualistic. And What are you talking about? There's no and... one else in this town that cares about bronze like you. Did you hear that smell coming out the coin? Sizzling on my nose hairs. Uh, behind our two characters, Bonnie and Clyde have finally arrived. Oh. Stay back, Miss Monica. Rattler's no joke. Hold on, those snakes look familiar. It's okay. They don't understand you. You can say they all look the same. No, you idiot. I think those are Darkberries. Dr. Darkberry snakes. I honestly cannot tell any snakes apart. What what were what were their names? Uh uh Oh, they come real close. Oh, <laughs> nice to have. Ah! My ankle. Oh, good heavens. Oh, my other ankle. Snakes, don't you dare. They got me on both my ankles. Stay back now. The snake gets up and tries really hard to take a coin from Miss Trusby. I, I say get back! <laughs> Miss Trusby, save, save the bronze. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, okay, try, try to make your way back into town. I'm gonna go get answers from the doctor! We cut to town center. They've had their high noon shootout. It's time for their 5 p.m. shootout. You got five aces! All right, it's five o'clock somewhere, and that somewhere is here. Y'all keep it down out there? My goodness, these shootouts are getting louder and louder, scaring away my customers. Sorry, Miss Mabel. We'll put our silencers on. (laughs) (laughs) That's more like it. That's better. Uh, Miss Trisby quickly runs by, easily dodging all of the now silenced bullets as she tries to approach the dark doorstep of Louis Darkberry, but is stopped by one... Mr. Crimble. Mr. Crimble, I, I really need to see the doctor. Uh, urgent business. Uh, please, let, let me by. <laughs> Are you sick? I mean, the doctor ain't really the best at treating sick people, but uh, here, I'm happy to help you in. No, I'd rather put off your services for myself uh, for the foreseeable future, if you don't mind. No, I, I I need to see the doctor. It's it's urgent. Certainly, I I mean I'm about to head in myself. Allow me. He opens the door. Doctor Darksberry, Doc Doctor Darkberry, where is he? He never leaves in daylight. Who who might that be? It's me, Monica Truesby, the woman whose house you've been haunting for the last week while my husband dies under your care. <sighs> Listen. I tried my very best. Honestly, I don't have time for your excuses. Your stupid rattlers have gone on rampage. Oh. uh, They're attacking Clarence McLean up out at the the hill he demolished. Goodness. 
And you're certain these were my snakes? I don't understand why you're stalling here. I've just told you that a man is on the brink of death and you're making excuses. Perhaps we should go out there and rescue McLean? Yes, please. That's what I've been saying. Mr. Darkberry, I'll I'll join with you. In case uh, we are too late, I can save myself a trip. Of course. Um, we cut to just outside the building where Miss Maplewood has been spying. Oh, this is no good. I better go ahead and warn Clarence. Even though he might be already on his deathbed. I'm just gonna go. I gotta go. Go go get him. (laughs) She makes a noise that can only be described as unknown. And suddenly two ox show up at her side. Oh! (laughs) Well, hidey, hidey ho, let's go! They snort in agreeance and they run off in the direction of the once used to be a mountain, what used to be a hill, and is now where Clarence is dying. Clarence! Clarence! If I die early, take my grandpa out the coffin and bury me in it instead. No, stop it! Snakes! Go! There's some oxen over there! Go get them! Oh, so many, so many bite marks. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, they, they, um, they kind of got me like corn on the cob. Bit their way up. <laughs> I don't think I'm long for this world, Miss Babel. No, no, don't worry about it. I'm going to get this venom out to you real quick. We're going to, I'm going to flip you around and start hitting you on your back. Hopefully that'll, that pressure will push the venom out your front. <clears throat> Come on. Come on! I don't know. Thanks, I needed that burp. <laughs> oh my goodness. Clarence, we gotta get you out of here. They're 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 liable to come kill you. It's a conspiracy. It it it's Dr. Louie. It, it's Undertaker Crimble. I don't think even Monica knows what this is all about. I think Lincoln was in on it and knew too much and they killed him too. I oh, I think I know what happened to that coin. Oh, it was it was the doc and my great great grandpa he put his soul in the cuz he had the biggest brown note stop it don't the sun is setting as clarence is also setting on life oh no suddenly the sounds of horses <laughs> Oh my goodness. Seems we are a bit too late. That is all you can say? You belly ached with me about whether your snakes might have done it for so long that this man has expired. I've seen a lot of good friends pass away recently after the absence of the sheriff. Every day, pretty much. Besides, I don't think we lost too much. Clarence here was obviously robbing a grave. Yeah, what is this? uh, Some kind of bronze casket? Yes. Put him back together as best as I could and brought him out here. Bearing him in his mind. That is fascinating, but your snakes have still murdered a man. A man who was in the middle of giving me very vital information. Bonnie, Clyde, you two have been very bad. 
Monica! Monica! Psst, psst. Uh, barkeep, what a surprise to find you out here. Oh! Didn't think I had the dexterity to beat you all over here, hmm? We didn't know... <laughs> Did you beat us here? Oh, never mind, um... Why were you spying on us? That's neither here nor there. That's actually something that we don't have to cover right now because I have two big sticks here. I unfortunately have a gun. Quick, Monica, put the coin onto the dead body of Clarence McLean. What? What? How did you get caught up in all this witchcraft nonsense, Maisel? Hey, don't shoot that gun. I have this stick. I'm not looking to shoot anyone. I just don't want to get hit with a stick. (laughs) I don't know if it makes any sense, Monica, but Clarence was going on and on about something and something else and bronze and coins and change, and I just think you need to try it. Well, it's not like I'm about to lose anything else. (laughs) Oh, wait a moment. Uh, I just realized what's about to happen. Don't do that. (laughs) She makes a dive for the body and places it right in the vest pocket where she had found it on her beloved Lincoln. Right then, a cloud moves and unveils the full moon. Tarnation, Monica! What, you just did that because she told you? I'm inclined to trust the woman who's not pointing a gun at me, Davian. <laughs> oh, my goodness, oh. as I live and breathe. What is this? Does anyone else feel like they got a thousand bug bites on them? Listen. I see the coin in my pocket, and I think I know what happened. I died, didn't I? Yes, those snakes killed me. This, this coin... You stole my grandpappy's soul back when he blowed up that mountain. You put it in a coin to save the sheriff when he died in that shootout of 54 bullets. And he was a walking zombie. Yeah, well, old Lincoln's died more times than I can count. (gasps) But we've always had that coin to fall back on. Except this time, well, he got killed in a more public way. And, uh, seems like someone decided to take the coin, do a little bit of grave robbing of her own. (gasps) And now Lincoln is gone for good. He's never coming back. And it's all your fault, Clarence. Well, it was my grandpap's soul. It belongs to me now. As insufferable as I think we all find Clarence McLean, I cannot condone... This town being run by a paganistic cabal, and certainly not behind my back. You were married to the leader of the cabal. It was up to him to tell you. Do you think I knew that I was married to a dead man? I mean, he may have been dead, but he was a good man. If you are willing to murder to keep this system alive, then it deserves to end. I still have these big sticks. You're right, Maisel. I think it's high time that we take things into our own hands. I've pert near had it with you men. You and what authority? You can't kick us out. Why not? I thought Truesbees ran this town. And that, my friend, is how the town of Tumbleweed got their first female sheriff. It's also how they started their midnight stick-beating tradition. 
Finally. The <laughs> end. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to hit that like button to subscribe. And if you really like that show, make sure that you share it with your friends. Or else you might have a greeting from Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.